Welcome, and thanks for listening to this message from City Bridge Community Church. Our heart at City Bridge is to call all people to be fully devoted followers of Christ. To learn more about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. Now, here's the message. So let me just start the morning off right and uh, just show my family to you, right? Kind of the, the gift that uh, the Lord has given me in there. And so there, there I am. There's my wife in the back, Stacy, and then our five kids. Uh, as you can imagine, our house is quiet and perfectly clean uh, at all times. Uh, and uh, that is not true at all, of course. It is a, it's a beautiful a beautiful chaos uh, that we have. And, uh, and I love where that bumper started, right? Because every time I look at that picture, I remember the high call that I have as a, as a husband and as a father, right? Of just all that I've been entrusted with by the Lord to steward. Uh, and it's also uh, why I'm grateful that this is a safe place. Because if there's anything that gets me insecure quick, <laughs> it is how I parent, uh, right, and it is something that's probably true for a lot of in here. We can get self-conscious quickly about parenting, and, and a lot of times we have trouble inviting others in and talking about some of the areas where we need help, and so that's what we want this morning to be. We want to remind ourselves about the high call that we have when it comes to parenting and shepherding uh, those that God has entrusted to us while reminding ourselves that this is a safe place to raise your hand and go, hey, I need to grow in this area or confess and go, hey, I need to, I'm not there at all. Can you help me? Uh, and so we're excited about this morning from that perspective. Uh, as Derek mentioned, uh, a lot of kids here. Uh, and I think about 80% of, of typically who's in the room on, on a given Sunday morning are parents in this room. But that also means about 20% are not. And so just to speak to you for a second is uh, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about principles, scripture, uh, vision, values, kind of the foundation of what makes for a healthy home, what makes for healthy parenting. And what we're communicating this morning is stuff that is uh, is is helpful for whatever season of life you're in. This is foundational stuff that can be applied in a lot of different ways. So parents or non-parents, this is a good morning to get notebook out, pen and paper. We're going to throw a lot at you this morning. We'll try to make sure we get some stories about failures and successes along the way too. There's some failures to talk about, but but, uh, we would invite everyone in. There'll be some really good stuff that we think will be beneficial for everyone. Uh, Kyle and I are not the panel. We're going to invite some other people up to join us here in a second. But Kyle and I did want to start with just as we kind of sit, before we dive down a little bit further, just as we stay high, what are just some overarching principles that we don't want all of us to miss this morning? So Kyle, will you get us started? Yeah, we're in, a, we're in a place now, our kids are older, and so we were on a road trip this last week, and one of our daughters was in there, and we just, we knew this was coming, and we said, hey, hey, Kendall, where did, where did we blow it, right? And she had no short list, okay, of the places where we could have done better, and she was, she was absolutely right. So this first foundational truth is that, hey, God's grace covers a multitude of parenting mistakes. So write that down, put it in your kitchen, right? Just that God's grace comes in and is so present. And we can even see it now a little more clearly than we could when we were in the middle of it. But just watching God 
kind of initiate with our kids and how they grew up and all that. So that's the first one. Yeah, and then the second one plays off that a little bit is your kids are gonna get that junk, but whether that's your parenting mistakes or just some of the other sin that so easily entangles all of us, your kids see that at the end of the day, right? We're naive to think if our kids don't slowly begin to pick up on that. And so our encouragement with as like your kids see it, make sure you model what to do with it, right? Don't, you don't have to try to hide your junk from your kids, but, but model for them what a transformed life looks like. Show them how, uh, if you will hand your sin over to the Lord, how he begins to redeem and restore it. I sit with uh, friends all the time and just, and I'm like, how can I pray for you? And a lot of times they'll say, hey, just, will you pray for my kids just that they would get it? And, and I know some of their story and I'll just, just kind of lean in and just go, well, how have they handled just some of the things that the Lord has been doing in your life? And, and they're like, oh gosh, I've, I would never tell them that. And I'm like, that's the best sermon they'll ever hear is if you would lean in and share with them some of your junk and how the Lord has redeemed it. It's the best gospel presentation you could ever give is your transformed life uh, as the Lord begins to work through your life. Yeah, next, we just want you to know it's never too late to initiate healthy parenting. We know there are a lot of people in our body that have come to Christ maybe late in age or recently and they're looking back at, oh my gosh, I'm hearing this stuff uh, this parenting stuff, and we didn't do that. It's never too late. If you remember four weeks ago, Meg and Tom were up here on the stage. She's our women's director here. And they told their marriage story that there were the first 10 years, there was a ton of conflict and uh, really hard times. And now they ask their kids, and their kids don't remember the conflict. Their kids remember them admitting and owning their sin and then beginning to work and be transformed. So it doesn't matter where you are in this parenting journey, even grandparents, man, own what you didn't do well, according to the scriptures, and then jump back on and initiate healthy parenting. You'll be amazed how God's grace enters into that as you humble yourself before the Lord and start to do what God's asked you to do as a parent. Uh, and then the last one is uh, break the chain of uh, passive or unhealthy dysfunctional parenting. You can be the one. It just takes one, uh, one person in the, in the lineage of a family tree to completely change the trajectory of what follows. And uh, I know in a, in a room this size that that's not everyone's story, right? That, that there is some unhealthy and passive parenting that we're all uh, a product of in many ways. But that doesn't mean we have to, bec- that we just have to be like that. One of my favorite things about my wife's testimony is as far up as we look in her family tree, we just see faithfulness. And, and my, my wife and I get excited about one day getting to meet the person in their family that just kind of planted the flag and just said, hey, as for me and my house, we're gonna start serving the Lord. And the ripple effect that that has had uh, has just, it's changed me and my side of our family. Uh, and then obviously our kids are bit grateful beneficiaries of it. It just takes one. It just takes one person, one couple, one marriage to begin to change the trajectory uh, and really start to make a healthy tree uh, when it comes to this area. And so keep all of those principles right in mind. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about some scriptures and some values here in a little bit, but it's always helpful to remind yourself that, right, God's grace covers a multitude of mistakes. Uh, it just takes one, and, uh, and we can begin to live out our lives and even some of the junk that we have in it in a way that uh, will honor and bless our kids. So let me invite up the rest of our panel. We have Trisha Kegler joining us, and then Brian and Morgan Buchek, so we can kind of give them a little applause as they come on up. <laughs> Grateful for these friends. 
And while they're coming up, just a qualifier, I promise you as parents, we're gonna frustrate you <laughs> because, because you're gonna, hey, give me more details, give me more details, give me more how-tos, right, on that. And so I would tell you, we're gonna do the best we can to give you some how-tos, but when you walk away, ask questions of your community group and your student leaders and your elementary teachers and folks and just start to just build this library in your head and heart of what healthy parenting is. But you're gonna want more than we're gonna be able to give you in 35 minutes. So and that was one of the things we were grateful as we were talking about, right, how many great parents there are here, how many parents are getting after just loving and caring for their kids. And so there's a lot of great resources all around us. This is not the the, the compendium of all parenting wisdom right here at all, but uh, really grateful to be joined by our friends. Buchex, let me start with you. Just as you introduce your family, I would also love to just kind of hear what are the verses that we've staked our family on and just going, hey, as for me and my house, this is how we're going to serve the Lord. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so just introduce us, Brian and Morgan Buchek. We've been married, I guess, almost 20 years, and we have five kiddos uh, get to surf here on the elder team with Kegs and Grant, Jonathan, and Rob, which is a blast. So um, you see here one of the nicer pictures where our kids have decided <laughs> to smile and be nice to one another um, with the new puppy that we got last year, one of those pandemic puppies. So um, our kids span the ages of uh, 12 to 4. So we are what we would say is right in the thick of it, right, with many of you. And then the Keglers are kind of on the other side of some of the thick of that. Go ahead so. and say it. You can say it. What? Old. You're, you're <laughs> wise. Wise. <laughs> um, so we just, we have a blast uh, in our home. We try to make it fun, but um, we're thankful to get to share some of the, yeah, successes and failures that we've had along the way. So some of those scriptures that we have kind of stuck uh, a flag in the ground on, Psalm 127 is one that has just really shaped um, the way that I think about family. Um, just understanding how, how God is the builder. Psalm 127.1 says, uh, unless the Lord builds it, those who labor, uh, labor in vain, essentially. And so God designed and created the family. And it's really one of the three institutions that he created. So we've got family as the foundation of society, and we've got the church, and we've got government. And so family is so important to the Lord. And when you read the, the rest of that psalm, he makes it really clear, especially in verses three through five, just that children are always a blessing. They, there's a heritage from the Lord. Um, and so just understanding um, even, you know, years ago, as we began to build, um, you know, what was the, the, our family and not having any design per se of five kids, but, uh, you know, lo and behold, things happen and you end up with five kids, but um, certainly, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> certainly Psalm 127 and just the, the worldview, the biblical worldview of understanding how children are a blessing uh, just played into that for us. Mm. And then the second one is just Psalm 34, uh, which is just an amazing Psalm, talks about God's goodness, and we love Psalm 34.3, that's just a verse that we've said, hey, this, let's make this our family verse, which uh, uh, says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And so there's just something there, which is, hey, let's get our eyes off of us and focus on, on Christ. This is not about us. And then let's do it together. Let's figure out as a family how to, how to just continue to exalt him uh, with one another. So those are a couple places that, that we love to talk about. That's awesome. Keglers, I know everyone thinks they know you, but give us some more info, information here. <laughs> uh, Trish and I married uh, almost 30 years. In August, it'll be 30 years. And uh, this is our family uh, right here uh, coming up. And so you will see, as of last August, we added a boy to the mix. Three <laughs> girls. Uh, we got one married, and now there is a boy in the family. But Trish and I would tell you, 
And man, if I could encourage you at all to become an expert on Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9. Okay, if you have not spent time as a parent studying that passage, it is transformational. Okay, in how you parent, it tells you how to parent. Okay, it gives you training methods, all those kind of things. So let's just read four through nine. It just says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals um, on your forehead, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates, okay? And so that passage breaks out really nicely, one through nine, just real simply into, we've got a slide for this, and that is that blessing, uh, obedience brings blessing in one through three. If you will follow the commands and the ways of the Lord there's gonna be blessing. It doesn't mean no pain and no sorrow, but your God is gonna bless your home. Okay, the second part of that is just four and five just, it's, just says that same thing Jesus said in Matthew 22, 37 through 39, love the Lord with all your heart, right? With all your mind and with all your strength, right? And so the idea of full devotion, you teach your kids that full devotion is normal for a believer. It's how we live. The third part, just modeling. Verse six just says that it shall be on your heart first. Parents, the things that you want your kids to know have got to be on your heart first. And then seven through nine basically just says you train here and here and here and here. And it's three verses just say, this has got to be the environment and the culture at your home all the time. You're training, okay? And you're being uh, you're initiating, training your kids in that. So Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9 has been transformational for us. And as we would all be uh, quick to say, just so you know, there's kind of three families represented up here. No perfection, right? <laughs> there's no perfect parent up here. There's no perfect kids that, uh, that we represent. But we, I, I will tell you this. These three families, we have fun in parenting. We get after it. There's some hard things, but we have a lot of fun kind of pouring into thinking about how can we be faithful in this area and, uh, and just what are some of those stories that look like. And then we, you know, we'll, we'll be quick even this morning to kind of own some failures that it has in that. And so uh, I, just any time, right, as you start to address a big topic, I think it's helpful for us to start on the value side, kind of what's the environment in which we're kind of building or what's the, the foundational concrete. And so let's just start with values. I, we have nine of them, so kind of get ready on, on the value side. But Tricia, let's start with you for value one. Okay, the first value is trusting God. It is absolutely paramount who or what your children trust in. And when they're younger, it's fairly easy to have them trust in mom and dad but you've got to think long-term here. Long-term, we want them to trust in the Lord and to know that he is good. And so that being said, pay attention at all the different ages to what your children are trusting in. Are they trusting in their ability to perform and achieve? 
Are they trusting in their looks? Are they trusting in their ability to accumulate a whole lot of friends? Or you get the idea, but pay attention to what they trust in and look for those opportunities to constantly embed Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 into your life and their life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, but excuse me, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And I can tell you from someone who's on the other end of the parenting spectrum, it is really sweet when I see my adult children run straight to the Lord when life gets hard or complicated. Yeah, it's great. It's good. And I will tell you just nothing exposes my lack of trust in the Lord than parenting, right? Because I want to control like crazy outcomes, and I can't. I can't control. I can have influence, but I can't control outcomes. Yeah, let me give you the second value now, uh, which is just that God's word is truth. And so just teaching and training your kids to run to the Bible, um, that that is where all the answers are for, for life and wisdom, um, how to find our, our purpose and how to live, what's going to lead us to blessing, how to, how to ultimately avoid the warnings and the pain that's, that's there clearly marked for us in Scripture. And so just one of the most important questions that you can teach your kid to ask is just by modeling in the house was, what does God's Word say about that? And, and then take them to it and, and show them how to find the answers to all of life's questions. And so... Um, you know, it's, it's really just helping them understand that God is, he's the, obviously the creator, the designer. And so if he designed it, um, then let's pay attention to what he says for how to live uh, and where to find life. And so this is just, you know, in our home, it's just trying to be diligent to just constantly talk about his word. We're just incorporating it, kind of the Deuteronomy 6, along the way, the way that we live. We're just trying to bring it in constantly. It's not necessarily a sit-down Bible study, but it's just helping our kids understand that his word is truth. John 14, 6, that Jesus is the truth, um, as he is the embodiment of the word. And so, um, you know, just understanding that there is conviction that comes when you uh, have God's word before your children in a way that I can't uh, cause my kids to be convicted of certain things. It's, it's his word and it's his spirit. Um, and it's pretty amazing just to watch God's word pierce in that way at times. Uh, and we've seen that even recently with one of our kids. You want to talk about? Yeah, yeah we saw it last week. I uh, just had my uh, 12-year-old just open up the word and we were talking about a passage and he immediately just confessed something he was struggling with. It had nothing to do with that passage, but it was just amazing how just opening up God's word brought that about. But uh, about a year ago, I was, um, I, so our girls share a room and the boys share a room. And I read to the girls at night, Brian reads to the boys. And I just thought, I don't know why it came into my mind, but I thought, you know, do you know the Ten Commandments? So I asked my, she was eight at the time and um, she was a little fuzzy. So I was like, well, let's just read the Ten Commandments. So I got out her Bible and I just read them. And a few minutes later, she comes bounding down her bunk bed steps, crying, can barely get it out, going, when I was, when I was six or maybe seven, I stole some Legos from my friends. And she was so convicted. And I was going, oh my gosh. Like she just, it was from the word of God, thou shalt not steal. You know, and she immediately was so convicted. And, uh, and that was just an incredibly precious moment, just seeing how God's word had just pierced her. And then we could walk her through that and going like, you know what, that, that conviction is from God. I'm so grateful that you confess that. And then, you know, as we made it right with her friends, um, we talk about so much about how God's word brings freedom. Confession and ownership brings 
freedom and just walking up the street to the neighbor, she was walking very slow, very tight-lipped, you know, did not want to do it. But when she gave the little Lego back and asked for forgiveness, she was skipping, you know, back down to our house, like just the freedom that that brings. And so for letting her experience that was just precious. Yeah. And, okay. no, go ahead. I just love her. Just don't miss what she just said, right? She just asked a simple question. One of the things that even I like to do is just periodically, I hope my kids can attest to this, is that I'll just stop them every other month or so and just go, hey, do you know what the gospel is? And just try to listen back what they say. And that helps you know what you're teaching or maybe where you need to grow. And so I love that you were asking that question, Morgan. Yeah, I was just going to close that section with just, you know, having a plan or system to to bring scripture more into your home. And so just memorizing scripture with your kids, having some kind of plan around that is just really helpful because we've experienced, you know, if you don't have a plan, it tends to just not happen. And so, um, you know, any kind of just note cards or, you know, devotional books, we, we use something called Theology. It's just a great kids little kind of Bible story devotional book that helps us kind of walk through scripture in a way that they can understand. Yep. Yeah, next is just uh, dad prioritizing mom, okay? And just, this is so important, and let me tell you why. It's important because your kids, when they're young, are watching mom and dad interact, and they are learning a ton of how they are to interact with other people. It is so important to watch dad serve mom, mom serve dad, defer to one another, and so they learn so much of how they're gonna interact with others from that relationship that they're watching. And so you need to prioritize dads, especially mom. And so what we did uh, at our family is we were pretty, I won't say we hit it every week, but really strict about date nights and making sure that we were going out. Our kids knew that Thursday night was date night and we were going out once a quarter. We tried to at least do a 24-hour uh, getaway just to kind of get away, talk, chat, have fun, go play, what we did. And just that consistent, just having our kids recognize that I really valued Trish, she valued me, and that time was important. So, And I can just say from my end, it gave me a huge sense of security and value to know where I stood. Mm -hmm. And I think my kids picked up on that as well. One, and let's just out with it here for a second, Trish. Was there ever an instant where you kind of had to nudge him and kind of go, hey, big guy, what, 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 uh, I feel like I'm losing priority, whether that's work or kids or you Definitely, um, <laughs> definitely, but not often. I mean, anyone can get distracted yeah. and busy and their eyes on other things. And I think as wives, it's important for us to raise our hand and say, remember me? I matter. <laughs> say, did you save any words for me at the end of the day? Okay. Yeah, so and it's just so yeah. imp so yeah. important for moms to complete dad. I yeah. just didn't see so much, and Trish to feel like she could speed up, uh, speak up two really strong personalities here, right? So we can kind of run over each other. And so Trish just did a great job of completing and speaking up, especially in this area of parenting. Yeah. That's great. Morgan on the ID and uh, our identity yeah. in Christ. Yeah, identity in Christ is huge. And so um, I kind of thought in my mind, it's really two different kind of um, categories in life. When they're little, Psalm 139 is really the go-to. You guys have all heard it, you know, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that before one of their days came to be, God knew them all. And so to tell kids, you know, hey, you are not an accident. You are special. God loves you. He created you. You are valued by God, that every human being that God created has value and is made in the image of God. 
And we hear this sometimes, and we're like, yeah, 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 that's above every newborn crib. <laughs> we got it. Um, but truly, for a child to hear this young is so important. Every time I serve in kids, I make sure that I tell the kids that at some point. Hey, God loves you, and he loves to hear from you. Because imagine the opposite. Imagine a kid grows up where everybody around him, all the adults, don't really believe in God. We don't know why we're here. We're an accident. We're just essentially a glorified animal. You know, for that, that's a seed that changes that child's worldview. And so that's why it is so important that you root who they are in Christ, what, what God has done, how God has made them when they're young. And then it is so fun to see what kind of kid God gave you. I mean, their strengths, their personality, and to affirm that and to celebrate that. So um, one of our kids is just, uh, he's a very confident communicator. He's been that way since he was Sometimes two. Sometimes overconfident. Still overconfident. There's always the negative side. Um, and then another one of our kids, um, he just has inherent social discernment and he's quick to feel empathy. And we love that. We are excited about that. And it's so important that your kids hear that. Um, and then as they get older, man, it is hard to be an adolescent. I mean, I remember I struggled with, I grew up in a Christian home and I struggled with, what am I supposed to be like? Who am I supposed to be? I'm watching movies. I'm looking at all these different influences. And so for you as a parent, I mean, it's even harder nowadays. Can you imagine? All the options in front of them. So to guide them specifically from God's word, what God says, walking in obedience, but also, hey, this is the way he made you. This is where we see your strengths and to really guide them in that. I think one of the pitfalls of our society, we have a, our society very much worships self, but one of the things that kids will hear is, you can be anything you want. You can do anything you want. Well, and that's not really helpful. It's more so, <laughs> hey, this is the way God's made you. This is where we think you'll thrive and to really come alongside them and guide them and root their identity, affirm who they are and root their identity in Christ. Are you saying I can't play in the NBA? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I wanted. Nobody told me I, should, I probably should look at something else. I want to be a rocket scientist. Now, so. I didn't like science. Um, you know, but also be really mindful about what you praise. Um, so if you are yeah. uh, praising external things with your kids often, whether it's, you know, how they look, their beauty, their hair, their clothes, the talent, how they performed, that's what they're going to uh, really be focused on valuing in themselves, you know. And so just really, we try to be intentional with praising the, the character traits and the things that, that we think God values, which is, you know, the fruit of the Spirit or, you know, perseverance, you know, uh, kindness to a sibling, um, you know, when they seek forgiveness for something on their own. I mean, those are, those are huge wins. And so we really try to praise those things more than, you know, the external things. And so also beyond just what, they, what you praise in them, think about um, how they listen to you praising others. You know, Morgan's just made the point that, hey, you know, uh, making sure that what they hear and how you praise others matches ultimately what we, what we see, what, what God values. So yeah, that's good. Trisha, number five. Next up is healthy communication. And healthy communication does not come natural. See also every three-year-old who's not getting his way. And, you know, we knew those moments were coming where they were going to get mad at their sister or they're going to get frustrated with Kyle and I. And we wanted to give them healthy outlets for expressing those emotions, but doing so in a healthy way. And so it could be practical things like teaching them, hey, here's what you can't do when you're really mad. Hey, you can't get your toys and throw them across the room and trash the place, right? Right. Instead, you train them. 
You teach them, hey, when you are really mad, if you've got to just physically get it out, you can go punch your pillow or whatever. (laughs) But as they continue to get older, you continue to train healthy communication. Hey, here are key phrases you can use. Here's how you can use your words. Here's things to avoid saying. But you always let them know that, hey, this way of expressing get you a positive result. Then other ways of expressing do not. And I will tell you, we also spent time really working on just the value of communication as a whole. Because you see, as your kids get older, they're going to crave freedom. And we let it be known that good communication will usually equate with more freedom for Mm. you to go and do. Because you see, we've got to know the details. Who you're with, what you're doing, where you're going. And more importantly, we've got to know the true character of who you're hanging out with and who's influencing you. And so the bottom line there was good information from them usually equaled more freedom, and that's what they wanted. Yeah, Yeah, and some of you guys have heard my story. I didn't know what a feeling was till I was married, right? (laughs) And Trish kind of helped me understand that. But helping your kids understand what they're feeling is really important. And then what Trish said uh, what do you what do you do with that? And so there's some great tools out there that have you know 50 faces on it that's sad and happy and frustrated and angry. And you can point to those faces and just say which one are you? What are you feeling right now? Help them identify that and then help them understand what to do with that feeling. That never got trained in me and poor Trish. Right? She had to work a while for me to understand that. But also in terms of who they're hanging out with, that brings us to our next point. You've got to help them navigate the friendship circles because this is not as intuitive as you would think. You've got to help them identify and realize, hey, you've got your larger group of acquaintances. You've got a little bit smaller group of your runaround friends. It gets smaller as you think about those you trust, and it gets really small when you think about those you really, really trust. Mm. And that's where you come in. They really need you to help guide them in who to trust. For example, um, you want to encourage them, hey, look at this friend. Are they going to gossip about you behind their back the way they gossip about your other friends behind their back? You also have to think, okay, ask them, does your friend want what's good for you or do they only want what's good for themselves? Does your friend follow Christ and do they encourage you to be a better follower of Christ? I mean, and you can add more to that, but that's the idea of who should you trust. And we were really lucky in that our girls had a trusted, quality group of community that they ran with through junior high and high school. And as a matter of fact, they tasted how sweet it was, and they really purposed, I'm never going to live my life without it now that I've tasted it. And so when they went off to college, one of their primary number one goals was, I want to go find my new people. I want to go find my community. Yeah to live life with. That's good. And, and I was so encouraged when I was talking to Trisha about this on the front end. She did not come out guns blazing like, you can't be friends here, right? They, th- she would dip in the toe of waters just asking really good questions like she suggested. So that's just helpful reminder, right, to ask kids prompting questions and, and then you can kind of move forward in that direction. All right, we got about four minutes for these last three, Brian. Yep, I'll hit uh, respect for authority uh, is just a really big deal. Obviously, you, you know, you have to teach kids how to respect authority, all types of authority. Certainly government is established by, by God, Romans 13. Um, but then all the way down to, you know, teachers, mom, coaches. You know, they, 
my boys, uh, we have three boys, two girls, and so the boys tend to easier, you know, find it easier probably to respect me or my voice or male figures, coaches, etc. So it, we've been through seasons where they didn't want to listen to mom's sweet, softer voice, and so I have to come <laughs> alongside them and remind them that, hey, when mom is speaking, you listen and you respect her. God has given her a role in your life, and it's one that, that deserves and demands respect. And if you don't do it, there's going to be consequences. And so um, that's just something that we take really seriously because what happens is it lays the foundation for them building a healthy fear of the Lord. Um, that, that As they begin to just understand, we are all under authority. We are all under the Lord's authority. He is the head of the church. And so as they get older, they're going to have authority relationships, whether it be, again, with coaches, um, could be with bosses as they get into a work, working relationship. Um, and then certainly, hopefully, someday they're in a, in a church setting where they are under the authority of, of elders. And so um, as they are learning from a young age that we are all under authority and that we need to be respectful of those authorities. Um, I love Titus 3.1, which just says... Um, Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient and ready for every good work. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, next one is we just, uh, our kids got tired of hearing it, but learn to discern. So we just constantly told them about, hey, you've got to learn how to make wise decisions so that it will go well with you, so that you will be blessed. And just a couple of data points on that. Uh, number one is you don't want to hide them from culture. Yep. Okay, you want to just appropriately as they get older and they can handle the weight of culture. You want to guide those conversations, but don't hide them from culture. Second, you got to do your homework, right? You've got to be at least conversant in the things that your kids are paying attention to. That's really important. And then ask a ton of questions. Trisha's already talked about that. Just, hey, and try to figure out what's going on in that head and that heart of those kids so you can understand what's happening. And then the last one is get help. Right, Trish and I just, um, just the technology stuff was moving so fast. We had to talk to other people about what filters and what guides and what's this and what's that and get help to understand what's happening. All right, and last, but of maybe equal importance, Trisha, let's <laughs> not fun. have this. Yeah, fun. But, I go. mean, sometimes you find yourself in the parent negative land. No, no, <laughs> and more no, right? And so it's really important to balance out those negative parenting sides with some fun. And what I mean by this is you want your kids to enjoy hanging out with you and with the family. And so it builds relationships, especially as they get older. But I'm going to stop here for a second. This fella <laughs> did it fabulous. I mean, maybe a little too fabulous at times. <laughs> and, and he's the guy that like, okay, for example, if we heard our house was going to get TP'd by some friends, he and whatever daughter was involved in that group, man, they would be up on the roof with a hose with their own little <laughs> yes. counter mission waiting to get them. I'm not proposing taking your kids up on the roof. <laughs> but the idea is he just always learned how to make it fun. And those are great memories for your kids. So that being said, for some of you, it's going to come natural. For some of you, you're going to have to work at it. But I want to encourage you, take the time, put the energy in. You want to have those positive relationships. Yeah, and most of it for me was, I, I was bored. So we're raking leaves, right? And I'm like, this is a disaster. How can we turn this into fun? And so my kids, all of a sudden, it became my stampers of the leaves. And then we stuck them in the pile and hit them and played. Just little things like that to make that routine chores fun, 
right? Yeah, and I love, I mean, it really is, and it gives you that moment, right, to just kind of relax, right, and not everything's at stake all the time, and just have fun. It'll be one of the best values that you can give your kids. I'm, y'all can cut me off if this is unbiblical, but I just, <laughs> early on with my kids, right, I've just, I'm like, I want to say yes as much as I can to what we're doing or, or a food treat that they want to have, because one day, Right? There's going to be some faithful no's that I have to really be ready for, and I don't want to burn them all on whether they've eaten their carrots right uh, when they were four years old. And <laughs> yeah. so anyway, have fun uh, when it comes to that. And speaking of kind of, uh, so lots of values right there. Uh, and as we've talked about, right, anytime there's really good biblical values that, that, that the Lord wants for our families, that means the enemy's going to try to come at them for, through a, a variety of different ways. And so we just want to spend a few minutes, maybe five or six here, on some of the biggest threats that we see today that are coming after our families. Uh, and so, Kyle, do you want to talk about yeah, passive? Yeah, we can do this fairly quickly. One is just, I just see passive parents uh, a lot. I see parents that are letting the culture raise their kids. And so my suggestion to you is to become an expert on Deuteronomy 6, 7 through 9, and have a plan for how you are going to intentionally train your kids. Rick Howard, who's a good buddy from our days at Watermark, basically he just had 50 or 60 things that he wanted to trade, train his kids on, how to, how to cook on the grill, how to change tires, um, how to study your Bible. So it was spiritual, and it was all kinds of other things, and he just did one a month. That was the focus for the month. So he just made a list, backed into when he should start, and every month there was just a priority of, hey, we're gonna teach our kids how to do this. We tried to teach our girls how to change a tire. It was a disaster, okay? <laughs> Trying to teach our girls to, but now they know where the stuff is, at least, okay, in order to do that. But there was just some of that stuff that have a plan. Most of us men have a plan for everything in our lives except how we're gonna parent. And so just if you don't have a plan, initiate a plan. Let me just add one thing real quick there, which is I know we have a lot of single moms in this, you know, in our church and here this morning. I would just say, you're looking at two guys that were raised by single moms. Mm. And so um, if you don't know how to do the thing, you know, whether it's change the tire, <laughs> raise your hand, whether it's with student ministry leaders or with us, you know, just even teaching authority to your teenage son, whatever it may be, we would love to jump in and help. Yeah, good. Uh, on the, uh, so watch for passivity. I'll tell you what's not passive, right? It's culture and social media and screens, right? They're coming. So uh, Morgan, on, on when it comes to just kind of how you guys begin to engage with the culture and how, and how to sharpen your kids in that area. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's the world we are navigating, my goodness. <laughs> and it just takes so much intentionality, kind of what they said, like you cannot be passive in this area. And that's something that you know, one rule of thumb I think that's important is to know if you're not willing to actively manage it, don't get it. Mm. So before your kids get a phone and they're downloading the apps, like if you're not going to actively manage those apps and be intentional about looking into it and monitoring and, you know, and having those conversations all the time, then you're not ready for it. So um, a great quote I heard a long time ago was the biggest barrier to parenting is not um, desire, it's exhaustion. Mm. And this is just an area we can't afford to be exhausted on. So um, there's one thing you hear um, sometimes is that a mistake parents might make is assuming that because I've got a good kid or a trustworthy kid, they're not looking or seeing anything that they shouldn't see on their phone. And the reality is whether your kid's seeking it out or not, it will find them. Mm. Um, I'm sure you all have experienced this, um, but, and that's just the sad truth about um, the internet. And so, um, you know, regardless, it will find them. It will spark curiosity or even arousal. 
and it will take them down a rabbit hole they never intended to go. So um, you've got to be in their business when it comes to screens. So, and we also tell our kids that, listen, as Christians, at some point you're going to miss out, okay, on what others are doing. And so that line might be different for every family, but there has to be a line to go, hey, this is just not, you're just gonna have to miss out on this. I'm so sorry. We parent, it's your bad luck you're in this family, like you say, you know, (laughs) that, you know, these are things that we just don't think are good for your heart. There's just no positive in it. And I know you wanna be part of the group and have those conversations, but, you know, we really think in 20 years, you'll be glad we didn't go down that road. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I love that. It's just like, don't grow weary, parent, in doing good for in due time. We, I, I don't know about your kids. They don't thank me a lot for being uh, on the screens or social media, right, and what I'm doing and helping them when it comes to that. Uh, but in due time, right, they'll look up. And I know like in 10, 15 years, they do begin to say thank you yep, in a way right. that's really meaningful. Uh, Three, right? How do you deal with the curiosity that culture and stuff I think brings? one of the sneakiest threats out there is curiosity. And as Christians, we're called to be set apart and different from culture and the world. And it is very likely that a natural curiosity is going to come to your children about what everyone else is doing. And that fear of missing out begins to raise its head. And this is a point where I want you to engage, encourage them to have frank conversations with you when they are curious about, and you can fill in the blank, maybe they're curious about alcohol, maybe they're curious about same-sex attraction, maybe they're curious about anxiety and depression, maybe they're curious about premarital sex. I mean, fill in the blank with whatever you see your kids dealing with in their spheres of influence. Um, I would also tell you that you want them to process these curiosities with you. And I'm going to tell you a story of something we did. You may think it's scandalous, but it's not. Um, So literally, before our girls went off to college, they're 19 years old. We're at a friend's cabin in Colorado. And we wanted to take the mystery and the power out of the curiosity regarding alcohol. My girls weren't drinkers in high school, praise God. But when they went off to college, we didn't want someone to be able to say, how do you know you didn't like beer? You've never (laughs) tried it. And so what we did was we bought a thing of, of beer, wine, champagne, and alcohol. And yes, I chose the nastiest varieties of each of those that I could possibly come up with. Warm, warm beer, really? Is that, that what you is, oh, yeah, warm, yeah, yes. was, anyway. and, and so we let them have just a sip of each. You know, no one was getting excessive and no one was driving. But you know what? It took the mystery out of it and it opened the door for some fabulous conversations. We got to talk about, you know, you don't get to choose this till you're 21. You never get to drive when you're doing this. You know that alcoholism runs in our family, and you better tread really carefully because mm. of my side of the family specifically. <laughs> and so just it opened the door for some great things. But all of that to say is sometimes they will tell you what they're curious about, and other times you've got to draw them yeah. out. You need to ask them probing questions, especially if you hear something happened at school or in their realm of friends. Things like, hey, what do most of your friends think about whatever happened? What do you think about whatever happened? And I can't give you all of them, but keep probing, keep drawing them out, and ultimately try to get to, hey, what do you think God's word has to say about whatever that situation is? Because you see, it's much more powerful if you lead them to those conclusions than just straight tell them what you think about it. And so curiosity is definitely one of Satan's sneakiest threats. That's good. I love that maybe someone out there just wrote down, consider giving them bad alcohol when they're older. (laughs) 
No, I, I mean, look, that's a lot of, of whether that's values or threats that are coming at. And, and I know that there's times that I can get overwhelmed and there's times that uh, I can feel self-conscious about my parenting. But what a privilege, right, at the end of the day that the Lord has entrusted us with. And, and uh, when I see my kids struggling in an area, uh, man, I don't, right, don't give up, right? The Lord's just his faithful, tender love that extends to a thousand generations, right? It's such a picture to keep going. And I've been invited into the privilege of getting to help in that sanctification process. So don't be overwhelmed or discouraged or embarrassed when a kid starts to act up in a grocery store. That's an opportunity that you get to disciple that the Lord's entrusted you with. So don't miss out on the great privilege. Uh, And even if you feel like you haven't done it ever, right? God's grace covers a a a, a multitude of parenting mistakes and you can start today. Thanks for listening. We pray this message encourages you on your journey with Jesus. If you found this message helpful, feel free to share it with others and leave us a review. To learn about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. You can also follow us on social at citybridgecc. See you next time.